0: Welcome along to Extra Time here on LCFC TV and LCFC Radio after a really disappointing uh, Sunday afternoon or evening uh, over in Birmingham at Villa Park on Sunday. Um, welcome along to Tony Cotty, Matt Elliott and and Roberts who join me over the course of the next hour or so. We'll, uh, we'll assess that game with Aston Villa, we'll look ahead to that huge game in European uh, football with Napoli on Thursday, of course, over in Italy, uh, and we'll also look ahead maybe to the, the Premier League game taking place next weekend, as well as looking back at some of the other results uh, in the Premier League over the weekend. Um, right, let's get going. Uh, good morning, good afternoon to uh, to the three of you. Tony, we've got to start with you. A new background, a new backdrop, uh, looking very festive.
1: <laughs> yeah, I forgot I'd ask my brother along. I don't Can you see my brother? They're just sitting on his shoulder. And like this. No decorations yet. It's a bit early, but... We put a tree up yesterday, so I thought I'd, well, I'd try and cheer everyone up, Then, As you said, it was a disappointing result. Um, I, I thought, personally, the first half was OK, but second half, you know, there was a few things for us to talk about. And, uh, yeah, just trying to put a smile on everyone's face. Though. Well, thank you. Was <laughs> it,
0: it Christmas songs on, Bailey's out, Tony, while you were putting them up or not?
1: No, not really, Dan. No, I think I was still um, sobering up from the night before I got guys. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm getting, trying to get in the mood for Christmas.
0: Yeah. To be um, fair, you had to celebrate after what happened with West Ham on Saturday, um, Matt. I didn't want to mention
1: it then. I didn't want to mention it.
0: <laughs> uh, Matt, obviously, you you made the trip over to to Aston Villa and to Southampton in midweek, but you got back safely. You managed to negotiate them both, and you've got a few in the in the pocket now for this season, so you don't have to do another one for a while now.
2: Yeah, that's me for a little while now until the new year, thankfully. But um, but yeah, both difficult trips in their own right, to different ways. Southampton, obviously a bit of a distance, and Leicester found it tough early on in the first half, didn't they? Well, throughout the course of the first half, pretty much, but they came back stronger in the second. And the opposite occurred yesterday at Villa Park, really. Leicester looking quite classy, I thought, quite impressive. Um, Speaking to a few people at half-time, they they felt the same about Leicester, and they were confused as to why Leicester's form has been a bit patchy. This season, um, they soon got an answer in the second forty-five, didn't they? Unfortunately.
3: And um, finally, Ewan, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Dan. I'm good. I'm good. Where were Watched you? What's the at game again. You? I was at, um, up at the Riverside. Long old journey at the North um, Not not a classic, I have to say. Watched the game yesterday, and I, I, I agree with the lads. I thought thought first half there wasn't too much wrong, in all honesty. I, you know, you compared the first half. Yesterday to the first half on, um, on, on Wednesday, down at St Mary's, and it was chalk and cheese. Uh, you look at the, the statistics, and I know statistics can hide things, but, you know, 60% possession, 15 shots, twice as many corners as Aston Villa, and lost the game. It just leaves you scratching your head. But the second half, huffed and puffed, and if we're honest, never really looked like getting back into the game once concert scored. Um, from yet yeah, another set piece
0: Yeah we'll, we'll get on to that um, in just a moment but I, I think the frustrating thing Tony will be the start that Leicester made that, there was a lot of talk we, we were on Matchday Live with, with Matt, Jerry, and Walshy, and we were speaking about how Leicester needed to make a good start because of that's maybe what's let them down a little bit this season and they did make a brilliant start they were, they were scintillating they were fantastic in that first 15 minutes were rewarded with the goal but then conceded three minutes later
1: yeah, and how many times have we spoke about it? Dan, it's so frustrating, isn't it? Like when you you score the goal and then it just switch off a little bit, and that sort of five minutes after you've scored, it's always a dangerous time. We all know that, but you know, I think we've all said it already. We, that first half, you know, you you settle down to watch the game, and you you know, you're not quite sure with Leicester at the moment. Let's be honest, we you, you're not sure what you're going to get and whether you're going to get it consistently or not. But the first half, you know, I, I thought they was, you know, composed, in control. Um, you know, you, you didn't feel that, that Villa were going to score. I mean, in, in fact, I don't think Villa created too much, really. You know, apart from the, the goal and the incident towards the end of the first half, they didn't really create much. But, you know, it was a it was a, a wonderful goal when it came. And I, I must admit that first half, you know, we're looking at positives. I think Patsy Dacca's performance in the first half was really, really good. Looking from a, an ex forwards point of view, his hold up play, bringing other people into the game, and it, just his overall game. And I, and I look at it at half time, sitting there thinking, you oh, know, this has been pretty decent first half, obviously conceded, here, but, um, you know, it was it was a really good goal that Leicester scored down. You know, I thought it was an excellent finish from halfway.
0: What happened, Matt, in, in a nutshell, in that second half, do you think?
2: Oh, it's difficult to pinpoint it. Exactly. But I think um, Leicester obviously showed frailties at set pieces in the first half. So it wasn't just a complete turnaround. The signs were there. I mean, conceded one was very fortunate not to concede another with Casper uh, Schmeichel when he got kicked in the hand incident. A ruling that most of us were unaware of. I'm sure you knew about it, Dan. Um, up to date, etc., as you normally are. But yeah, that, that, that was fortunate, not to go in the break, uh, one goal down. And yeah. How well they played, that would have been bizarre, to say the least, really. But that gave them, I think, Aston Villa, I think they're a dogged team anyway, aren't they? They're not particularly, at this moment in time, that attractive on the eye. Not playing that fluent a football, but it's they seem to have a determination. Really, there. There's an energy about the team. It's almost like they realise that they're not um, a team that is going to pass and play teams off the park, but they have to apply themselves, which is pretty much the basics and something that Still Villa have had at times before, but under Steven Gerrard, it seems even more prominent. And they were more robust than Leicester. They were a threat at set-pieces primarily. And that's pretty much as basic as it gets. Uh, But I think they were infused by that, what they'd seen going into the break, knowing that they hadn't played well. Leicester were a better team. But there's enough fragility about Leicester. For all intents and purposes, Villa could quite easily have been ahead at half-time. And I think they took that into the second half um, as a bit of motivation and a bit of confidence, really. uh, Because... The ball was turned over far too many times by both teams, to be fair. Uh, th- there were some good bits of play, but there were far too many below-par um, examples of what not to do. And it was, you know, the, the, it was going from end-to-end. End and Opportunity presents itself in either end of, of, of the field without decent chances being created. And I think the scrappier and the more open the game got, it sort of suited Villa. Yeah. And Leicester got a bit bedraggled, didn't they? They got a bit, bit scruffy, really, and they were open defensively. And you know, strange as it sounds, it could have ended up quite conceivably that like, four-one uh, to Aston Villa. Watkins had a couple of chances, mm. didn't he? Smikey saved well, etc. And Leicester all of a sudden looked vulnerable. And I mean, one thing—I mean, maybe it's a little bit harsh. But I think one thing that the set pieces aside, and I, I mentioned it. Post match, but I was thinking it pre match. I looked at the lineup, and while I was pleased, Jewsby Hall was in there, um, and I think Dakar fair enough, I get that decision uh, to get the nod. You know, give Vardy the rest, and players, highly talented players like Madison, Luckman, Barnes, and Jewsby Hall's just sort of applying his learning his trade. They seem quite quiet as a team. Now, I don't mean you have to all be shouts and ballers, but I was wondering when they're going gets tough, who's going to drive them forward in there when they're under a bit of pressure? Things aren't quite going to plan. Who can sort of pick the other players up around them, and inspire them to, you know, to be ruthless, to be disciplined, to be professional? And... I don't know, there's maybe an element of that within the ranks. I think the only one who you know, stands out, really, the uh, the outfield players was Johnny Evans. I thought he did his utmost to, to help carry the scene through. But when they... I'm not, not saying, saying they caved in by any stretch of imagination, but I just felt that Villa could sense that if they were aggressive and energetic and physical in the challenge, that they could get the upper hand against Leicester. And that's the way it sort of unfolded for me.
0: Is it fair to suggest you and then that, that Leicester maybe need to have a bit more of a, a mean streak to them? Maybe do the, the dark arts a little bit more? I think uh, the first half, Harvey Barnes potentially could have had a penalty if, if he'd have gone down Matty Cash's tackle on him. If he goes down, it's a penalty, but he stays on his feet and you have to praise him for staying on his feet on one hand, but on the other hand,
3: he could have earned his side a penalty. I think, I think every, every top team has got that side to them, done. and I think I do think you need that 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 nasty, that horrible, that professional side to your game when things aren't going well. You 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 dig in and you grind the result out. I thought, you know, you mentioned one penalty there, and he is too honest, and you know, he's, he's, he's a young boy. He, he will learn. Um, if if it was anybody with. Slightly more experienced, if it was Jamie Vardy, say in that situation when Mighty Cash goes and puts that challenge in, then I think Jamie goes down all day long. Um, I, I thought Dewsby Hall might have had a penalty in the second half. You know, there was contact, albeit it, it was slight, but you know, there's definitely contact there. Um, for some I, I look at that first half performance, and I thought Harvey Barnes was was outstanding. Him and Luke Thomas down that left hand side. I mean. Marty Cash didn't know whether to stick or twist, to be fair. He he didn't have a clue how to handle um, Harvey Barnes. I I think in the second half, they didn't get the ball to Harvey as much as what they did do in in the first half. And I don't know the reason for that. It doesn't help when when you concede nine minutes into the second half, Dan, and and another poor goal, then you're chasing the game. And whatever people think about Villa, they, they can defend. And they've had that little bit of a... A bounce from from the new manager. They lost their last five before Gerard took over. They won their first two. They narrowly lost to Man City in midweek. So it was never going to be easy going to, to, to Miller Park because of everything that, that I've 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 just mentioned. But you know, I mean, we've spoken about set pieces defensively for two years, I think. I mean, even last year, you know, we were, we were having these discussions about two weeks to score against Leicester from set pieces whether it be a free kick in the final third or a corner kick no, no one's conceded more headed goals than Leicester in the Premier League this season you know Emi Buendia he's probably the smallest player on the pitch and he's got a free header in the box you know Connors on the back post and Casper should do better I think you know getting beat on his near post it wasn't the most powerful header but as I say these these goals have been, been conceded for, for 18 months now and and it's still happening, you know, and you have to, you have to question that, I think. What can be done about it, Ian? I think individually, I think individual, I mean, and it's not, you know, people will say, oh, it's marking, and I, and I get that, but you can see corners, if you're, if you're man to man, you know, it happens, it's a lack of concentration, it's a, a lack of organisation, if you like, I, I do, I, I mean, me personally, I don't know about the, about, Matty and TC I, I preferred I prefer having a man to pick up and he's my man if he scores then it's down to me I don't like all this normal marking where you get your your main headers of a ball sort of in and around the six yard box and, and then that means that the main headers of the ball from the opposite they've got a run on, on these I mean it's it's nothing to do with the first goal yesterday anyway that's just I think mean that's just poor marking poor awareness you know the closest man not getting tight touch tight to to Wendy, as I say, the smallest man on the pitch, but it has to be addressed now because you know it's costing Leicester City points at the minute, um, and I think that's why. What well, are they? 11th in the Premier League, six points off fifth, eight points off West Ham, who who are in fourth, and and if it and and this month is a massive month for for Leicester, you know what? Nine games in 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 just over a month with, and I've included the Leicester Norwich game on the first of January. Obviously Napoli. You've got the quarter final of the Carabao Cup against Liverpool. You know, big, big Premier League games in, in in this month. You know, this month could make or break Leicester's season if 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 you understand what I'm saying. I know they've got the FA Cup early, 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 early January. There's some massive games coming up this month, and it is a lot of games.
0: Uh, let's just stay on set pieces for. A... <laughs> A little bit longer Tony I know you're probably banging your head against the wall a little bit because again like you and like Matt like Jerry, like all of you you have been speaking about it for a little bit of time now
1: Yeah and that's the frustrating thing about it Dan I think like anything in life if if things continually go wrong or you continue making mistakes surely the basics of life tells you that you don't carry on doing that <laughs> I think to ask you in the question what can you do about it <clears throat> I think uh, I think it's easy It's easy to blame Brendan because Brendan's the manager. I think you've got to take some sort of responsibility as a manager. Yeah, yeah. I think you've got the coaching staff as well who should be talking to Brendan. And then you've got the players as well because ultimately the players are the ones who have to take responsibility on the pitch. Um, my, my issue with zone marking is, uh, you know, I watch what Leicester do and they line the boys up all along the six yard line and that. And, and the, the, the basics of it, Dan, is you're telling the player... If the ball lands in your area, you head the ball. But the problem is, is you get such good delivery coming in there. When you've got quality players putting the ball into the box and every Premier League team has got a set-piece specialist who can whip the ball in, curl it in, in-swingers, out-swingers, you're getting various degrees of, of uh, ability going into the box. But I, I think if you don't pick someone up, in, for example, Conser. Now, going back, I know we're going back 25 years. If my team, if, if you've got Consa, we've probably there main man or well one of the main yeah. men, you've got our own means as well. It's pretty obvious that you 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 don't mark space and you wouldn't put me up against concert That's just the basics of defending. So you get Matt Elliott, you've got Taggart, you've got Walshy, you get the big boys pick up the best headers of the ball. And the, the reason you do that, Dan, is because there is then accountability, there is then responsibility. Now if Matt Elliott is marking concert and concert scores, you don't blame the team. You're blaming Matt Elliott. And Matt would take responsibility for that because that's how it used to be. And watch that goal from the corner. When the ball's curled in, you've got players lined up along the six-yard box. None of them are sure what to do. They're all standing still. You've got players on the run who are going to beat them. And then when the ball goes to the far post, I don't mean even Casper knows what he's doing now because he's thinking they're all going to head it away. And they're all looking at the goalkeeper. I think it's Casper's ball in the first place. It's in the six-yard box. That's my opinion. He's got to push it away. A hand will always go higher than a, a head, well, unless you're Maradona, obviously. But you know, what it, at the far post, that for me, Casper should be coming, palm in the ball away, and then he gets beat at the near post, all because of the indecision. And I think I'm not going to blame any one person or, or whatever. It's a collective thing, and they need to take responsibility because ultimately, it's costing Leicester the, the games they should be winning they are either drawing or they are losing and together, And listen, also Johnny Evans as well, uh, you know, or Casper, the captain, the senior players, Jamie Vardy, go in and talk to the manager. If you're not happy with defending marking, try something different. You can't do any harm, surely. Anyway, that's the And
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you agree with pretty much everything that he said, Matt.
1: Yeah, yeah,
2: basically, it's, uh, it's disappointing, isn't it, you know, one way or another. It's not just one fault that keeps being repeated—it's different sections of, of defending set pieces. As you know, last week we spoke about not having anyone on the fast stick um, in terms of that was Jamie Vardy on, a, on an opposite front um, scoring the flick on against Watford, and Leicester are guilty of that as well at times, and they paid the price for it. But it was. It, it, was, it was poor. Really, it was, it was Aston Villa's avenue back into the game. They would have picked up on that before the match. It sounds a bit limited. and um, I'm sure they would have hoped they could cause problems in other ways as well. But they didn't too often. Not before that second goal anyway. Then the match opened up a touch. But, yeah, I, I mean, the, the goal there from concert because it's semi-zonal, um, but you put in your main men in certain areas, etc. But that makes it... If they're a little bit cute, the opposition... I mean, Villa, I said to about them yesterday, saying they've been quite strong aerially, but they've only got two players of any real stature, Mings and Konza, mm. that uh, Tony mentioned. So, you, in Leicester's team, you've got Evans re- pretty good in the air. So I know, is erratic sometimes he's not the tallest but he's got good spring but gets himself in the wrong position like he did yesterday He allows people to get over the top of him you know Wilfred and Didi is aggressive and can get on the end of things so it's it's not you know a total mismatch in terms of height throughout the scene so I don't think you can use that as an excuse but the reason Tony said then you've got with a zone rule that showed semi zone because there are players impeding players who are making runs, supposedly it doesn't always be very effective. But because Sonchu's sort of holding his ground, his area, Consa's cute. He's like, right, well, well I'm not gonna go on top of Sunchu directly. He made a bit of movement, he he's kept his run deeper. So Sunchu's ended up going backwards really, because if he was marking him as such, being given a job, he would be Touch tight to him. He'd be in a better position, probably to come forward and head that ball and have a spring and a leap. Because he's not entirely sure where Konza is, he's just defending an area. He's ended up going backwards. Konza's come over the top of him and he's beating him by about 12 inches in the air. Basically a free header, about four yards from goal. And Tony mentions about Schmeichel there. I think it's a point worth raising. I've not been overly critical of Kuston Schmeichel, that's not his strong point. And I've, I've sort of defended him a bit before sometimes because been in teams where you prefer to know if your keeper's going to come every time or not at all because then you know you've got to deal with it. It's when they come sometimes and not others that it's a bit of a problem. But I do think there are times Casper's not the biggest and most imposing of keepers in those situations. And <laughs> he can maybe come and claim it a little bit more often, a little bit more positively, or get that touch. But then again, it's it's a bit of a product of the playing semi-zonal. You've got so many bodies in there, it's quite hard for Casper to come through a pile of bodies as well. So there's that to factor into it. But ultimately, Leicester have got to be more conscious of marking the man rather than space. You saw it on the first goal that we're on about with Wendia. Johnny Evans has tried to be aggressive, won the header. it's spooned up the far post. Leicester players have just followed the ball. We talk about ball-watching um, <coughs> for the goals last last week um, against Watford. I'm um, sorry, against Southampton.
3: Okay.
2: But they were guilty of ball-watching on that. It's been up there. They've all gone to the far post. And Dewsbury Hall, in particular it was, who left Brandia, when, when he was never going <laughs> to challenge the ball. But he's run about six yards towards it, but has just held his ground, pops up to him, free header, middle of the goal. Just a bit of now, it's a bit of common sense, but that's the need to sharpen up in those situations and quickly.
0: Uh, let, let's look at some positives. Tony, you mentioned Harvey Barnes's goal, didn't you? Really well taken.
3: It
1: was. And you no, know, you and said I, I thought first half, he, he was the main man, wasn't he? Yeah. Give him the ball, let him get on with it. He was he was causing cool habit, Matty Cash. Good defender. He didn't really know how to handle it. And then you had Luke Thomas pushing up behind. But I mentioned Dakar as well. You know, good play from him. And eventually the ball comes to Harvey. And You know, we've been praising him over the last couple of weeks because he's just gradually getting back into that little bit of form. And there was a real confidence about his finishing. I think it just shows you that when you're in that penalty area, so many times you see players try and smash the ball or, You know, just trying to get too much pace on the ball. But what he did, he just opened his body up. He knew the defender was coming across. And there is a skill, and and you and I know what I'm talking about here, there is a skill in in the penalty box of just delaying the strike a little bit so that the the defender, he goes for what where he thinks you're going to put it. But if you just delay a fraction, you can often get the ball through the legs of the defender, which he did, and he'd done it really well. And he just literally stroked it in the corner. It was a wonderful finish from Harvey Barnes and, and he's, you know, we're, you know listen, we're trying to be constructively critical about things that are, are costing Leicester. But you've also got to look at some positives. Dakar's first half performance, mm. Harvey Barnes' first half performance. There were a few things. I think Brendan, it was a bit of a horror show in the second half, but I think Brendan could look at that first half and take some real positives.
3: But it was a really good goal from Harvey.
0: Yeah, how, how good was that finish, uh, Ewan, from Harvey? And also the build-up play, as Tony's rightly said, from Patterson Dakar.
3: I can't believe people were asking if he meant to finish it like that. Or Was it a cross? Was it? I'm like, are you serious or what? There's only one thing he, he can do in in that position. You know, he's opening, his time. the running. You know, the one-two passing was, was was outstanding. The wait on the pass for Harvey to come on and and, and TC spawn. He's just delayed it that split second. And how many goals that you you watch? You know. Numerous games how many goals do you see going through defenders legs so many honestly so many because they're they're in that desperate situation they've got to try and stop stop a shot on target and it just goes to prove if you've got composure if you're cool if you know what you're doing if, if you if you're not a panicker you know you don't need to put your laces through the ball and it's not the first time that Harvey's finished like that you, you know He's 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 had a few goals where he's, he's in that type of situation in that type of area, and he's just passed it in in into the goal. It was such a cool finish, and he looked yesterday. You know, you look at James Madison against Watford in Southampton, absolutely magnificent. Getting back to where we know James Madison is capable of of being, you know, right up there. I think that first half yesterday, you know, Harvey was was back to his best. Was I mean? He absolutely gave gave Marty Cash a solid time in that first half,
0: and he was a wonder save away from getting his second as well, wasn't he? In the second half, that the header that was tipped over the bar by uh, Emi Martinez. Ewan. Uh, you
3: know, he's, he's, he's a he's a top goalkeeper. He is a top goalkeeper, um, and it was a, it was a fingertip save, a, a real fingertip save. I mean, probably one that you would expect him to get because it's maybe slightly too close to him. Um, you wouldn't think that that heading the ball is probably Harvey's strength, not like not like his dad. Um, but yeah, so close to to getting that 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 second equal that second equaliser, and had that gone in, I think the whole momentum of the game would have changed, and, and possibly Leicester could have gone on to to take all three points. But they've got to bounce back now, Daniel. They've got, I say, got a massive game coming up on Thursday. They've got to go bouncing into the training ground. This morning, no, no moping about. And I, I, I'm sure Brendan and his staff won't let that happen. You know, they've got to be firing at all cylinders because, as I say, they've got a huge game on, on Thursday. Uh,
0: a few other individual performances to quickly pick out, Matt, before we move on. Patson Dackers has uh, had a few mentions, hasn't he, already? There were maybe a couple of eyebrows raised when he was in the starting 11, but he, he, he repaid that, didn't he? And he, it was just a goal that was missing from his performance, particularly in that first half.
3: Yeah,
2: his all-round game looks better than I think people imagined or presumed that it would be. You know, much must have been spoken about his goal ratio. And, you know, quite clearly, over a period of time, he's a natural goal scorer. But you thought maybe that was that was his game. A bit one-dimensional, but no, he's got more about him. Tony mentioned there his movement. Uh, holding the ball up, linking up. There's there's an intelligent player in there as well. And, um, yeah, for, for, pleased for him to come in as he did. Um, a, a little bit of pressure, yeah, you, whenever you replace Jamie Vardy, for whatever reason. But he, he didn't look out of place at all, did he? Got a half chance early on, forced to save. Yeah. Causing means, problems. Um in the first 15, 20, 25 minutes even, Means looked unsettled. He he didn't fancy the prospect there was a time (coughs) Means should have dealt with the ball, but he knew Dacker was around him and he he fumbled the ball off his chest, basically. He was very fortunate to get away with that. Um, Gave him a bit of a rough time early on, as did Harvey Barnes with with Matty Cash, even more so. That was even more apparent. But ultimately, I I think that's sort of... uh, epitomised Villa a little bit. Those two players, they had shaky starts and Cash's instance, a shaky first half, but they turned it round. Cash was right in Barnes' face in the second half. Obviously, he had a bit of a work, flying, fleeing here from Stephen Gerrard, I imagine. Ming's got his game together. He was strong and aggressive and organising and leading. And that's how Aston Villa became in the second half, really. They... They were just determined, seemed more determined not to lose that game than Leicester. And um, that, that was the thing that got them through, really. But, but Dakar, yeah, decent performance, first half. Fizzled out a little bit through no real fault of his own. Dewsbury Hall was good in the first half as well. Um, Lester broke up play and it often fell to Keenan, And he was playing good early balls or striding forward. And he looked a real player. Tapered off a bit in the second half, things went a little bit awry, um, as they did generally for Leicester. But, uh, yeah, frustrating, isn't it? Frustrating to play probably the best they had over the course of 45 minutes for quite a while. Um, And you went into the half-time break not winning when you deservedly should have been, and um, ultimately not getting anything from the game.
1: Dan, can I just say a couple, of, a couple, of, just very quickly, just about Dackum. A couple of things that I was really pleased with from a Leicester point of view, because listen, we've all watched Jamie Vardy, and we all know how good a player Jamie Vardy is. And one of the, the, the biggest attributes of Jamie Vardy is the ability to play on the shoulder, as we call it, getting behind the defence. And listen, collecting Ian Acho is a good player, but I don't always see him wanting to play on the line. He wants to come short. He wants to get. He's a good player, links up, play, etc. Good finisher. We know that. But just there was a couple of little glimpses, and I know it's early days, and I'm not I don't want to praise him up too much, but Pat back I thought there was a couple of times where he played on the shoulder, he was looking to get in behind that villa defence. And Matt will tell you, as a defender. If you've got a player that you know is willing to run in behind, it's a nightmare. As a defender, you want everything in front of you. If you've got a player on the shoulder who's looking to get in behind, which he did, it brings another dimension to Leicester. And going forward, the reason I mention it, going forward, we know eventually Leicester are going to have to replace Jamie Vardy purely because of his age, not because of his ability. And in, there were glimpses from Patson and Dak. As I say, without praising him too much, we've seen his goal scoring in Europe. We've already seen that. We know he can finish. But there was other little bits from a forward point of view that I was really pleased about yesterday in the first half.
0: Yeah, that's promising and exciting to hear. At final point, I can go to you, Ewan. Uh, Matt briefly mentioned him then. Kieran Drewsby Hall or KDH, uh, as he's known among the, uh, the, the Leicester fans. Were you impressed with him, his first ever Premier League start?
3: I mean, it's great for him, as you say, 23 years of age, making his first Premier League start for for the club that he's been at for for years. Um, I thought he played well first half, moved the ball well, uh, received it well, good awareness, kept it moving, sort of died down a little bit in that second half. Um, You know, I thought when he came on against Southampton in that second half, I thought he was top class. I really did. I think that's probably why... He he got the start yesterday because he deserved it. Um, as I say, and I think you need someone like Dewsbury Hall in there because you look at Samare and then the the you know, big physical boys who who, who do the nitty gritty, do the heart the hard work in that midfield, win the ball, give it to somebody. I don't think they've got the the passing. Range and passing ability of you know a Yuri Tillemans or or, or a Dewsbury Horse. so you need that little bit of a, a balance in there. So I think I thought it was the right thing to do. I say I was impressed. I was impressed with Leicester first half. You know, you, you apart from defensively on a couple of occasions, you can't not have been impressed with that first half performance. There wasn't a lot wrong. The only thing that maybe could have done well, got in good situations, got in good positions. Could they have worked the goalkeeper more in that first half? Could they have more? Could they have had more shots on target? No, that's that's the one thing I, I I would ask. But that first half, there wasn't not too much not too much wrong with it.
0: Uh, and hopefully they can take that confidence then into Thursday night. Massive game, Tony, for, for the Foxes, isn't it, away um, in Naples against yeah. Napoli. The group is so tight at the moment. Leicester have guaranteed themselves European competition come, when is it usually, February time, um, whether it is the UEFA Conference League or hopefully the Europa League, hopefully in top spot as well. But it's a, it's a big, big game, isn't it, Thursday now, even more so with what happened yesterday. Yeah, it's a
1: massive. Game. I mean, regardless of the Villa result, it was always going to be a you know a tough game. It was always going to be a difficult game for Leicester, and you know we spoke about it months ago, didn't we, when that draw came out and how difficult the group was going to be. It's it's, it's turned out exactly as we thought. <coughs> Excuse me, we knew it was going to be difficult for Leicester in terms of the travelling, and you always knew that that last game that you looked at, you're thinking of the three away games. Yeah, there's travelling with the other two, but you're thinking that that's probably going to be the hardest game. It's, it's a tough place to go to, we know that. But having said all that, Leicester go into the game, they've got their destiny in their own hands. That's all you can really ask for, I think so, uh, in terms of football. You, you go into a competition, If you any league, if you know that if you win the game, that you're going to get through and you're going to top the group, that's that's a fantastic position to be in. And, and the, you know, the boys deserve great credit for doing that. Having said all that, you look at the group, you look at how the fixtures are. You, you always have to slightly fancy the home team. So that's going to make it hard for... You, know, you look at Napoli and, and Legia are both at home and you're thinking, well, you know, they'd be thinking, well, Destiny's in their own hands. They've got a home match to try and qualify. So, um, you know, you I really hope that, you know, Leicester don't get in the Conference League. I think you've seen with Tottenham, it's one of those sort of competitions that, uh, I don't know, they've just invented it this year and there's no history there, there's no real relevance to it. So you don't really want to be in that competition. But, you know, I I think it's going to be a fabulous game on Thursday, I really do. And it's going to be like a cup game where both teams, they know what they've got to do and the results will be buzzing around the fans and it's, it's going to make for a wonderful spectacle, I think.
0: The beauty, Matt, of the group at the moment is that every team left knows that if
2: they win they qualify yeah it's unbelievable isn't it it'd be interesting to see the attitudes of all four teams how they differ will some be cagey you know and hope to pinch something later on in the game or some people are going to force the issue from the off there's more onus on some teams than others to do that but um yeah it's exciting for all those reasons that the, the, the unknown <laughs> going into the unknown but also because of the quality of opposition that Leicester in particular are up against At Napoli going so well in the Italian League and you know the, the history they've got within Europe or the reputation they've got and there'll be some atmosphere out there uh, we know their supporters are pretty enthusiastic to say the least um, top-notch players big challenge for Leicester but an exciting challenge isn't it and it I wouldn't say it's a distraction or a, you know, a sideshow away from the Premier League, but it's something that a situation they haven't probably experienced together as this group at this this level of competition, the sort of do or die stage of it, um, all being just a group stage. But this is yeah, it's it's, it's knockout affair, isn't it? Really, it's last game of the group, anything is possible permutations left, right and centre, great game, great situation to be involved in. Regardless of how things went yesterday, or your form is generally, I don't think Leicester are playing horrifically enough to go to Napoli and think, uh oh, we're in big trouble with. I think there's been enough glimpses of their play of late to think, right, if we can put it all together, we can get a result against these. Because you've seen how the results have gone earlier in the league and they're, um, you know, they're an excellent side. They've got some real quality individuals. You saw that in the very first game. But Leicester can cause some problems and uh, Leicester on song. They can create some damage, can't they? And uh, yeah, really looking forward to it on Thursday. It's going to be exciting stuff.
0: When you look at it, Napoli, you may not be as, as strong as what they certainly were when they came to England. They've... They're going to certainly be without Osherman, the, the striker that scored both goals at King Power Stadium. They're without uh, Koulibaly Bali, their, their defender, who obviously took two of their most influential players. Yeah. You look at the last six results, I'll quickly read them out, uh, has been a one-all draw, a 3-2 defeat, a 2-1 defeat, a 4-0 win, a two-all draw and a 3-2 defeat. So there's only one win in the last six. That's in all competitions, of course. So things since they've picked up a couple of injuries haven't been as good for Napoli so maybe there's certainly an opportunity there for Leicester. I, I didn't
3: realise that those two uh, were going to be missing Thursday, Dan, as you say. I mean, Osherman, we didn't know too much about him before, before the, the game or the first game of the group at the King Power. And I, I knew he cost them a lot of money. I knew he was the record signing but he was outstanding. You talk about what he brought to, to the table. Strength, High physicality pace two two good finishes, two great finishes on on the day, so he's going to be massively missed, um, as is Koubali in in the heart of their defense said they 're not in good form when they third in in that they 've got the, the best defensive record in, in 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 that league, but then you look at them defensively in in this competition, you know Moscow have beaten them twice. Scored five goals against them in 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 two games. I've been, I've been to the Sao Paulo. Uh, I think it was 2014 when Swansea, Swansea were in this competition. It's a magnificent stadium. I don't know if you've, any of you have ever been, lads, but it's a massive bowl of a of a stadium. And it was only half full that night, but what an atmosphere! I mean, we got there like people from the press. You get there two and a half three hours before. Of thousands of fans already congregating around around the stadium, it was a it was a big night. It's going to be exactly the same on um, on, on on Thursday night. But I just get the feeling because it's such a big pitch as well. And there, there's so much space out there. It looks it looks a massive pitch. But with the pace Leicester have got, you know, with Harvey Barnes, you would expect Jamie Varney to come back in having not started yesterday. Does he go with Vardy and Dakar up front because Luckman? He hasn't been quite at it in, in recent weeks. Um, with the pace that Leicester possess, you know, you can see them causing problems. It's an exciting game,
0: Tony, isn't it? Looking ahead to Thursday, for, for all the reasons that we've spoken about. The, the table as it is, Napoli's form and injuries as it is, and I guess Leicester's form as well at the
1: same time. Yeah, it's just one of them games then. It's a really, really exciting game to look forward to. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, you don't know what's going to happen. And that's the beauty of football. And you, you, I don't know whether it's really you get a group like this where it's so condensed. I mean, normally you get the runaway leader. Sometimes you get two teams romp away a bit, easily qualified, whatever. But, you know, this group, as we said, it's been so unpredictable. Um, you know, let's be honest, Leicester have been a bit unpredictable, seen some good performances and some, some not so good performances. And that's where we are. But go back to my original point, Dan. You've got your destiny in your own hands, and you know it's one of those games. You, you go out and don't worry about what's going on in the other game. Don't worry about anything else. You pick the right team, which Brendan will do. Get the right formation, set it up. You probably need a bit of experience. I think you know. You, I don't think we'll see um, the, the likes of Dewsbury Hall because it's it's that sort of game where you need experience. You need yeah. to be solid. And make sure you don't concede early. You and spoke about the atmosphere and. The, the fans are, are, are mad, aren't they? You know, they're wonderful fans, but they are mad. They will generate the noise. So you don't want to be conceding early goals. So I think we'll see a very, very experienced team as much as that's possible for Leicester. But go out and enjoy it, lads. That's why you play football, isn't it? Go out and enjoy it. What, what a great game to play.
0: What do you think Brendan will do team-wise, Matt? Formation-wise as, as well as team-wise?
2: Yeah, I suppose... Um... He would possibly consider changing the system, but I don't think for too long, I think Leicester are capable of being secure enough with with the back four. If they do it in a controlled, as Tony says there, and disciplined way, um, they play maybe a touch more pragmatic than they do normally, I think. They try and keep that atmosphere down that Tony's mentioned there, yeah, maybe not quite in the crown. That, that that might be an impossible task. But take the sting out of the game, take the pace out of the game a little bit, try and get some decent control of the ball and then go and kind impose of yourself, I think would probably be the ideal world. Whether it works out that way or not is another matter. But I, I think he'll stick with, uh, effectively it's a 4-2-3-1, isn't it? And at times it adjusts or changes to a 4-3-3, three, three, depending on the stage of the game but I don't see him going away from that at the moment um, I don't think there's been too much wrong with the general play there was a conscious effort yesterday Leicester I don't know if you saw it um, or you wouldn't have seen it on the screens would you even though it was pre-match but they got themselves in a huddle for a while however you agree with huddles or not but that to me was a clear indication that they're aware they're not starting games properly Michael. Got grouped them all together. Um, this might be a coincidence, might, might have nothing to do with it at all. But they started the game very well, didn't they, yesterday, in terms of possession. Villa allowed them to do that, really, to be honest. They weren't pressurising and harrying too much early on, just setting their formation. But you know, Leicester will be looking to do that again. They can't afford to start sloppily and the crowd will pick up on it and the, the opposition players will sense that and think that Leicester are there for the taking. This it's going to be a long, hard evening. But, um, you know, Leicester can, re- they can repeat that sort of performance, get a, get a foothold in it, make an impression in the game and then, as Tony says, attack the game you know, in, in, the, in a mental sense, I mean, you know, go and embrace it, express yourself. What a wonderful occasion. I wouldn't be yeah, you know, I I wasn't a player who played at the very top, you know, in hundreds of big time games. But in a situation like this, if we were playing in our time at Leicester, I know our boys would be. Now we couldn't wait to play Athletic Madrid. It was it was an adventure. Um, and these boys are probably a little bit more experienced than we were uh, as a whole in in European competition. Um, but go to go to Napoli and don't be. Fearful of what might happen, the reputation of how they're doing in Syria. Okay, the form has dropped off a bit, but you know everything that goes with it. Uh, the fans, etc., the stadium. The stage is set there for Leicester to go and, in in Leicester's terms, to go and pull off, pull off a historical result. Um, and don't let any burdens you have got in the Premier League weigh you down in this in this game. Go there, express yourself, give it you're all, be energised and focused. You've got every chance.
0: They know a draw, Tony, guarantees a spot in the Europa League as well, heading into 2022. It doesn't guarantee top spot, which usually is, is important in European competition, but it's, it's not necessarily vital. Whereas you look at it this time, if you get top, you, you get a bye into the, the last 16. You skip that last 32 rounds. So it is a big, big advantage if you can come top.
1: I think, um, you know, I've been very critical of UEFA over the years, but I think it's actually quite a good concept for a, for a change. You know, to, to guarantee the group winners coming, going through, you don't go into the playoffs. If you finish second, you're in the playoffs. If you finish third, you're in the Conference League. And of course, you've got the added complication uh, of the Champions League guys coming down to into that last 16. So, um, you know, that's where it makes it a little bit interesting. but. I've got no worries with Leicester. I think, you know, they've they qualified then. So that, in a way, that without being complacent, that takes the pressure off a little bit. You know that you've got a guaranteed place. It's just, the question is what competition do you want to be in and at what stage, isn't it? And, you know, I, I think we would all agree that if you've got that chance to get top of the league, kill it off, forget about everything till March you've got the Carabao Cup then FA Cup where Leicester are holders let's not forget so there's going to be some other important cup games without even thinking about the Premier League and what you want to do in that so I think it's one of them and Brendan will be saying it the boys will know it kill the game off do what you got to do get your result finish top of the league and then you can all have Christmas New Year and worry about it in March and that's the best way to look at it
0: and hopefully that happens then on Thursday you can follow all the action of course uh, with us here on LCFC TV's Match Day Live. It is a 5.45 kickoff, so we'll be on air from um, quarter past four, so do join us for that. Um, right, at the end of, of Extra Time, we always look at some Premier League results that, that may have caught the eye at the weekend. I've seen a wry smile already on Tony's <laughs> face. I mentioned it at the beginning of the show. We might as well come to you first. Let's I get that by death. Yeah, I assume you were at the London Stadium on Saturday. Um, how was it?
1: It was fantastic. Yeah, I mean, it was. It's a wonderful result for West Ham. Um, you know, they are a, a weird team then, West Ham, because you know, as a as a as a hammer, you turn up, you're thinking they're going to lose today, and they win. And then I was there on Wednesday, and you're, they're playing to and, and you're thinking they're going to win, and they draw. And you, it's just how it. I don't, maybe it's just all, all fans in general. You're always a little bit pessimistic, but. You know, it was. I wouldn't say it was a fantastic performance by by West Ham. It was a it was a fantastic result. There's no doubt about that. Chelsea had all the possession. Um, you know, could have killed the game off quite easily, and West Ham had a little bit of fortune with that Masuaku cross that got deflected into the into the net. But great, great result. And so that was sort of the one. That, that's where I was Saturday. That's the one result. And the one. I'll, I'll leave the boys to look at the other ones. But there's a game tonight, Dan, that is very, very interesting. That's Everton v Arsenal, another one of my old clubs and I'll be very interested to see. A lot of pressure on Benitez now. I'll be watching that one closely tonight.
0: Yeah, it's an exciting game, that one this evening. Uh, Ewan, uh, what game caught your eye in the Premier League? Um,
3: The team that's at the King Power on Sunday. uh, Newcastle there, first win of the season. and The new manager, Eddie Howe. um, I I thought they played ever so well. Uh, against Norwich on on Tuesday night, down to ten men after nine minutes when Kieran Clark got sent off. Um, they've got threats going forward. You know, I'd, Callum Wilson Wilson, he'll always get your goals. They've got the winner against Burnley. You know, Alan Maximum I think uh, if that's how you pronounce his name with his Louis Vuitton headband. You know, he's I, I really enjoy watching him. Um, so yeah, for them to get their their first win of the season in. Was it December? Yeah, it was December on, 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 on Saturday. You know that was a that was a massive thing for them. And um, you know one of my former clubs, Wolverhampton Wanderers, who have had a good good season up to now. After the you know losing their first three games and not scoring a goal in those first three games, uh, to to lose to that last minute goal by Di Marzio, um, I have to say, being a Liverpool fan, it did bring a little bit of a smile to the face.
0: <laughs> yeah, I thought you might mention that one. I was surprised when you went to Newcastle, Ewan. Uh, and finally, Matt, uh, what caught your eye at, at the weekend?
2: Well, the main one, you can't get away from me, can you? West Ham against Chelsea, really. Um, but Tony's obviously covered that. West Ham, I'll what was impressive, and I don't think he said it smugly, but he was making a little bit of a point, David Moyes. He, he said, we didn't even play that well, and we've beaten the league leaders.
0: And, and the European champions,
2: yeah. Yeah, the European champions, yeah. So, that's the level they're playing at, you know, and they're not even at their best and they're putting off results like that. They're a real unit, aren't they? You know, they're a real force this year. Um, the players have come in, you know, he's rotated it a little bit and people talking about the squad not being deep enough. I don't know. They seem to be doing okay for now, but bigger tests to come, I suppose, in terms of lots of games and it has the season goes on we'll see what they're really made of but all the signs are good all the signs are good so far with them but uh we can't go through the the program without mentioning that man fred from man united (laughs) (laughs) where's he pulled it out of the hat i heard man united scored i looked on my phone scrolled down i had to scroll down about four times i thought i missed it and then Okay, there it was. Hit me in the face. Fred scored the winner in the seventy-second minute or something like that. And oh, that's not one of the questions on the Jenga, by the way. <laughs> but but fair play to him. Fair play to him. He's, he gets a lot of criticism. Whether he's actually aware how much he gets um, or not, I'm not sure. But he carries on, doesn't he? he he's, he's a trier, bless him. And uh, well done to him for that because uh, he came up trumped when it was needed for Manu.
0: In fairness to him, he, he was really good as well in midweek in the, the win against Arsenal. So, yeah, fair play to yeah. Fred. Um, Masawaku's crossed. Did it take a deflection, Tony? Or did it just go straight in? I think it went straight I was,
1: in. I was yeah. right behind it, Dan. And I, I, I felt it took a, a wicked deflection off of Loftus-Cheek. I don't know whether they looked at it, didn't look at it. I, I haven't seen, had a chance to look at the highlights, but... I. I wasn't bothered, Damon no. <laughs> both, both goalkeepers were terrible in that game. Fabianski was poor and Mendy was poor for Chelsea. And they, they sort of contributed to, to the goals going in. But it, it was a good game. Just quickly on what Matt said, look, the problem for West Ham, they've got injuries. They've got Oboners oh, out now. Yeah. Zuma came off. Uh, ben Johnson pulled his hamstring. Aaron Creswell's out. Very like Leicester at the start of the season. West Ham have got massive defensive problems and they're brilliant going forward but defensively they might well struggle with the amount of games coming up.
0: Uh, right, let's move on, let's do our football Jenga then. Uh, unfortunately Matt we're not doing uh, goal scorers in the Premier League this weekend so you, you can keep your Fred one uh, for another time. Um, Fred was the
2: knew that's why I mentioned it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, right, With Leicester playing Napoli on Thursday, hopefully we'll see some goals. So. I want you to name me uh, Leicester City's European goalscorers since 2016. So, since they won the title, they've been in the Champions League once, the Europa League twice. I want you to name the 17 of them. Uh, so, the 17 different goalscorers um, that Leicester have had in European competition in those three seasons. Uh, Ewan, you are uh, top left on my screen, so, uh, so you can go first for me, please.
3: That's the obvious one, Jamie Vardy. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, Tony.
3: Oh dear me, I'll do what will get one here.
1: Um, trying to think, I'm trying to think of the games I was in, um, and I done them as well. I covered them when I was working for Sky. I'm trying to think of who scored. Um, oh, this this year counts as well. Just if you didn't, so the European. Oh, League. stack it in. Pack some back
2: I was going to say, that one stands out, doesn't it? rear Mares.
1: Hello, Sam. James Madison. i mean, the guessing territory. Harvey Barnes. <laughs> yeah? Who is it?
3: Yeah, who is it on? Me. Mark all The Ayosi Perez. Probably...
2: <coughs> <Yeah.
1: Charlie>. Um. <sighs> <sighs> um... arriving. <laughs> See so much football, I can't even remember. I can't even trying to think who scored the goals in Europe this year. Um, I, have you got? Some you this, mate, go. So you want to finish early? Ask yeah. your mate behind you if he's got if he's got any clues. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. Danny um, Drinkwater, I know it's not right. Mm.
3: Yeah,
1: no. Yeah. Between Matt and you, and
2: now. All right. I'm pretty sure Wesley Morgan scored that. Well. Very good, isn't, isn't it? Against wasn't yeah. uh, it? Sevilla.
3: Yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm s i am going to go i am I know he scored in the FA Cup last year. It was a cracking goal. Luke Thomas. Great Ooh. answer.
0: Great answer. Scored away in Braga in the
3: 3 3. I did as well, didn't he?
2: Thought about him and else yeah. Islam Slovany.
3: Yeah. Is it? Oh, home, to have, Porto, um, home to Porto, wasn't it? The Champions League. see, yeah. so you're pulling all them out. Um, right Hamza Chowdhury.
1: What a good but shout. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Away
0: in Athens last season.
2: Last season. Oh, you dummy done me there. You've done me with Hamza. <laughs> uh goes around there. I don't... Oh, it's not easy now. I can't remember him actually scoring, but Yuri Tillemans. No. Wow. No, yeah, <laughs> no European yeah. goal.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ewan, go on, can you get one more? Uh,
3: uh, the only one that uh, Timothy Castania.
0: I don't uh, think he has. No, he hasn't either. He
3: hasn't. Yeah, Ewan got more
2: than me though,
0: didn't he? Yeah, Ewan went first, so he's he's won. So well done, Ewan. Uh, that uh, must be about four in a row now, Ewan. That's it, four on the spin, Dad. <laughs> four on the spin. Right. Matt Tony, you need to up it for next time you play Ewan. Well done though, Ewan. Uh the ones you missed, um, Cheng is under. Uh Dana Marty scored against Spartak Moscow a couple of weeks ago. Cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Dennis Pratt, Coletti, uh, Iannaccio. I'm surprised you all oh, missed Coletti. Oh, yeah, shout. Yeah. Um, Shinji Okazaki scoring in oh, the. Oh, that's the one I was going to say. Yeah, and uh, Wilfred and Didi, uh got one. Must have been last season as well. Um, so, yeah, there was a few you missed. Uh, Kletcher, probably the standout one, but other than yeah. that, there were some difficult ones left. But well done anyway, Ewan. That was Ewan. one of your
1: better questions, Dan. I've got to say one
0: of your better questions. Did you like that one, Tony? All right, OK. Well, I'll try and keep the standard high then. <laughs> at least you stayed in more than one go this time. Exactly, too. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, thank you very much to, uh, to and to Tony and to Matt. Hopefully, as we said, we'll see more goal scorers uh, on Thursday. Do join us for match Matchday Live at uh, quarter past four on Thursday. But yeah, thanks again, gents.
3: Yes, boys.